A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fandrax Toolshed. If you love Dynasty Leagues and prospects, you came to the right place, because that's what this show is all about. Covering the majors and all levels of the minor leagues to give you the leg up in your Dynasty Leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clegg. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 65 of the Fantrax Toolshed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have another fun episode today with a great guest. But first, let's bring on my 80-grade co-host, Mr. Chris Clegg. Chris, what's up, bud? Wow, that's a very high honor. Appreciate those kind words, my friend. Looking forward to another good episode. Got a great guest, one that we hung out with at the Arizona Fall League. It's going to be a great episode that I'm really looking forward to. I don't throw around the 80-grade tag lightly. (laughs) Um, but I'm going to throw it around again because we have an 80-grade guest. You can find his work over on In This League and on the awesome Prospect One podcast. A good friend of the podcast and one half of the best damn ring up duo the Arizona Fall League has ever seen. Chris Welsh joins us. Welsh, thanks for coming on, man. How are you? We're we're IRL friends. We're in real life friends now. We're IRL bros now. And we thank are. you very <laughs> much. A very important thing people forget. Yes, I'm a part of In This League. Yes, I host Prospect One. Yes, I try to do some cool and fun fantasy stuff. But one half of maybe the most important punch-out bros in all of baseball. (laughs) Punch-out bros, there you go. Me and Paul Spore during the Fall League with, I mean... I'm shocked we didn't get more pub on it. I appreciate you two following the trend. There's a lot of Easter eggs in there. I think Paul and I punched out about seven or eight, and we only got like four or five on video, so or at least on Twitter. So go back and look. We were punching them out in the Fall Stars game. It was a good time. But my IRL bros, I miss you guys. Had so much fun out here in the Fall League hanging and talking with you. We did that awesome episode on Prospect One where the three of us were sitting in the stands like watching Pedro Leon live disappoint us. Uh, Jeter Downs, you know, <laughs> hit homers. And we had we had a killer, killer time. Uh, Arizona Fall League was fun, and I am glad to be here hanging with you guys right now. That was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Like I've been saying, like, we wish we were still out. Obviously, the league's over now, but wish we could have stayed out there a little bit longer than we did. But, yeah, that was ab- absolutely a blast. And I remember the first one I picked up of your guys' uh, ring him up or the punch out was the first one I saw was you just pointed over to Sporer. Yeah. And then he did it. It was just like, it was like <laughs> see, you, you threw you threw up the alley oop and he slammed it down. Like that's right. See, guy. that is very funny that you caught that one because I think that was the first one. So, we, we played Paul Stars, which if you're not familiar, Paul Stars is a fantasy game that Paul Sporer has done forever. And it was usually done during first pitch during the, the All-Star game. Yep. You know, 12 of us or whatever, we draft two players. So we did the uh, Paul Stars there with, they were doing a Fangraphs meetup. And I don't know, like we, we did it all before. The luster was kind of taken out. We didn't have all the great fantasy people. And right early, you know, things were kind of going away and stuff. So then Paul around like... Honestly, it's like around the third inning. He looks at me. He's like, I got to start punching out some guys. And I'm like, let's start <laughs> punching them out. And he's like, and so he got ready. And if you look and if you watch the video before the point, 
you could see him. He's kind of like arms are out and he's like, I'm ready. And I said, dude, let's go. Let's do these together. And I said, I'm going to assist you. And then bam, I did the point assist. And then from there, we started choreographing them. Uh, some of the fan graphs people were looking at us like we were insane. But, you know, <laughs> baseball is supposed to be fun. We had some right. fun with it. I bet there's some people that absolutely hated it. But we were having a blast. And, uh, you know, hey, we, we rung up Juan Yepes like pretty hard that was what we did we decided to do our <laughs> aggressive punch and his dad uh jumped in on the tweet and quote tweeted it but hey so you know what sometimes your son's got to get punched up man and me and paul <laughs> right. are here to do the work right yeah that that was absolutely yeah that was that was fun to watch i was watching the game on tv it's fun to watch you guys behind home plate doing that i appreciate uh, it yeah that was fun uh and we got a fun episode in the store tonight we're doing a first year player draft mock draft just the three of us We'll get in as many picks as we can in about an hour. But before we get into the show, the usual housekeeping, you can find us all on Twitter. Chris Welsh is at Is It The Welsh. Chris Clegg is at Roto Clegg. I am once again outnumbered here. Uh, two, two Chris's, the one Eric. I am at Eric Cross 04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed for extra written content from both Chris Clegg and I. And of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network including our other podcasts, SB Streamer, Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, Define Fantasy Football, and Fantasy Football POV. But without further ado, let's get right into the mock draft here. Mm. We'll let we'll let, give our guest the first overall pick, and then uh, Clegg will go two, I will go three. So Welsh, take it away. Man, you put me right on the spot because... We are dealing with a not consensus first year player year. Um, not that I, I don't know if you actually, if you look back like last three or four years, you've probably had more non consensus than anything else. I, 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 I hearken back to like the Bobby Witt, Andrew Vaughn. I think there was a big debate between uh, even that first year player because I want to say Jason Domingos was in there. So you had Jason Dominguez, you had all those guys that were really difficult. I find this year as difficult, except it's not is talented and I don't mean to be uh, bad about it. The thing that has confused about it, and I apologize for pontificating, but the thing that has con convoluted this all is Seiya Suzuki. And that to me, my friends makes this very difficult because Suzuki is eligible in this, as you have informed me. And Suzuki is a first year player guy that bombed out in Japan. But as many people know, I'm very gun shy for my Hassan Kim stuff last year, Japan and KBO a little bit different. So I am going to stick to my ranks and I have wavered and waffled a little bit over the last um, uh, six months with the first pick. I am going to take, yes, it's Homer, Arizona Diamondback shortstop, Jordan Lawler. Big hit, big power. I actually saw his last game before he injured his shoulder, and I caught up with him and talked to him a little bit. A lot of comps to Bobby Witt, to be honest with you, partially because he's a little bit older, uh, Dallas uh, area kids, a Texas kid, but he's got big raw power. He's got speed. He's the best offensive tool of the young prospects for first-year player to bank on. Marcelo Meyer might be the floor player, but Lawler's upside on the power speed is through the roof. Five tool. I love Jordan Lawler. He's my first of the first year player guys. And um, it, it is close. It is close with Meyer. And I'll be honest, it's probably close with Suzuki. So give me Jordan Lawler in the Homer punch it, <laughs> punch it out there. First overall pick. Um, I've, I've got Marcelo Meyer number one in my rankings. So I had him I'll take too. Him. I had him too for a little bit. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take him here at number two. I think, you know, there's debatable. You can debate between both those guys in the in the top spot. Uh, are you concerned at all about Lawler's shoulder? Uh, no. Well, he had surgery early on. Like he yeah. he did this during the ACL. Like I'm serious. I I because I'm in Arizona. I ran over to Maryville and the newer Brewers Stadium. That's where he was playing. Bryce Jarvis was rehabbing that day. Jordan Lawler's there in good spirits. Played, got a hit. I think he had hits in two of his first three ACL games. And then shoulder surgery took him out, but he had it so early. And the rehab, he's already looked like he's back. He's not back out on the field, but he's back out like walking around, no sling. Had it done early. I'm not sure I am any worried. I don't know what he would have really garnered from the AZL. I, my biggest worry here would be the strikeout rate that Lawler faces versus the true offensive power potential in Marcelo Meyer. And like, so is 
like what differentiates Meyer if he's your top one over Lawler for you? Is it that you think the floor and upside offensively is better than maybe some K risk with Lawler? Yeah, I, I feel like that Meyer has a safer hit tool. And so I, from that standpoint, I do, I'll bank on the power developing with Meyer. I mean, he's got the, the frame there to add strength and power. So I could easily see him developing 25 home run pop. And, you know, I don't, I don't see him running a ton, but I think he could chip in a couple steals. But I think you're right from a pure upside standpoint. I do think that Lawler has the higher upside, but I feel better about yeah. Meyer hitting his, you know, his high end outcome. But it, even Lawler though it's did a steal the base in his first, I would say, had a stolen base, had a double in his first couple games, which is a good positive. But Meyer was showing some power early on. I think those two are kind of like one, two. It's kind of your flavor. I think East, it's like East Coast, West Coast. It's Tupac, yeah. Biggie, Meyer versus Lawler. That's how it's going to play out. I'm a West Coast guy. I think Lawler's upside, Texas potential. I love. I, I don't want to comp him to Bobby Witt because I think that's dangerous to do. But there are some intangibles there without the pure hit tool where Meyer, uh, actually also I think a, he was a West Coast kid to be honest with you um better hit tool that i worry might be more dansby swanson ish it might take some time to develop into that power where i think i think lawler's already a 25 home run potential player where i think we might be looking at 15 for meyer until he shows us differently yeah how do you how do you see meyer's hit tool great now like do do you see him being like a 280 type hitter in the big leagues yeah, I think well, that's kind of like Dansby Swanson. Like, I think yeah. he's a Dansby Swanson, like high end, like two eighty ish guy, um, fifteen maybe twenty. I'm worried that the stolen bases kind of aren't there, and I think Lawler might be a little bit more aggressive on the stolen bases, which I think gives him that extra edge as well. And that's why I edge those two out. But they're, they're so freaking close, and it leaves Cross, I think, with a pretty. Pretty difficult decision, to be honest with you, because you've got international, Eric. You've got the top pitcher on the board. You've got another college bat, which, you know, first overall pick. I I think there's a lot of decisions on your plate. Like, it was kind of easy for me and Clegg if we decide we want to pass on Suzuki, which might be a mistake at the end of the day. Yeah, thanks, guys. I kind of wish I took the second (laughs) pick now. That's how good would have gotten Marcelo Mayer, but... Yeah, I could go, yeah, literally several different ways here. I could take Suzuki. I could go Watson. I could go Jack Leiter. I can go Henry Davis. Brady House also isn't a bad pick. Ultimately, I will, I'll let you have Suzuki Welsh. I'm sure you'll take him next. I'll, I'll go Khalil Watson. He is my number three ranked player for first year player drafts this year. On the smaller side, 5'9", but packs a punch in that 5'9 frame. Yeah. Above average contact skills, the powers there, good speed as well. Like this could be a guy that's 55, 60 across the board. Uh, fell to the Marlins at 16. Um, still not 100% sure why there's you, all these rumors out there why he did, but fell to them at 16. Great selection there. Uh, the very pitcher heavy system. Get a nice, in, you know, intriguing upside bat here. Uh, I think he's gonna be a real deal. I think it's 2020 upside here with a good average. I uh, said so the ball, just that sound off his bat, like the bat speeds there. He drives the ball with authority. You know, he, he has a lot more power than like, you. You look at him, you're like, oh, this guy doesn't have much power. But yeah, he really packs a punch. Could be a 20 homer guy. Like I said 2020. So explosive uh, I will, bat speed. I, I agree yeah. with you. Chris. I want to say I had him at one time at number one for me. Uh, there's something about offensively developing with the Marlins, which it hasn't quite clicked with a lot of guys. You don't like to like put that on everybody. Right. Uh, also the slip was something to take a look at huge bat speed power in a small frame. Stolen bases could be kind of a game changer, almost hit 400 in his uh, only played nine games in rookie ball, but he had four stolen bases hit 394, had five extra base hits of his 13. He is an exciting prospect. I love the pick. I'm a little surprised, but also, you know what? Not because from a first year player standpoint, he is worth it. He, he is worth that territory. I I like the bat. Yeah. So I'll let you have Suzuki here. Oh, so, oh, is that how it's going to go? It just goes straight. We're going to come back to, I get the picks, no snake or anything like that. I'll take that. We'll we'll just go straight. Yeah. All right. uh, If you want me to take Suzuki, we can, I mean, I will gladly do it. You're the boss. (laughs) If it comes back to me, if I get the, the pick again, um, yeah, I'm, I am I don't think this is still a slam dunk. I want to point this out. I know there are going to be people, you know, they're the, the win now bros, and that's okay. Those bros are fine bros because there's a, there's a level of correctness. Here's something you get with Seiya Suzuki. You get playing time in production right now. Now, 
I kind of thought the same thing. I think Suzuki and Hassan Kim have a lot of similarities. Uh, the league was not the same thing, and Hassan Kim a little bit smaller as well. But Hassan Kim was like a 30-20 guy, huge walks, um, batting average across the board. I mean, he was just a great prospect. But as a KBO, it was a little bit lower competition. Suzuki, on the other hand, in 2021, uh, 38 homers. Big, big deal. Had some stolen bases in there. 319 average. Uh, this is in the JPCL. And he looks like, I mean, he's being treated with Starling Marte in free agency as like the number two outfielder that you can get. And I want to mind you, guys like Nick Castellanos are out there. So Suzuki is going to find a decent home. He's going to get playing time now, but I don't think it's a guarantee. Jack Leiter is a monster. Henry Davis is great if you like the catchers. And i got to be honest with you, one of you guys is going to get a steal in Brady House most likely. Brady House might be the, the highest upside, but I will at a four spot. I think Suzuki belongs in there. I do think there will be some places that will, will have unanimously Suzuki number one. I'm not sure that I'm in that place yet, but I do think he has a, a seat at the top five table. I'll take him here for the big power speed combo. He's 27 years old. He's not like it's a 31 year old like uh, Hassan Bum. I think was the one of the guys last year who was uh, eligible from the KBO. Seiya uh, Suzuki. I will take number four to Team Welsh in the first year player. Yeah, I think we're going to see him go all over draft boards and FIPDs. I could see him ranging a lot of ways from like one to, to even maybe like eight to ten. It'd be interesting to see in some. Some drafts, but I think he's gonna sit top three everywhere when it's all said done. I don't think people are going. I think the differential between the Japanese league and the KBO is something that a lot of people are going to be able to prop up. He's not a big strikeout guy. He walks batting average, huge power. Stolen bases have ticked down. In 2019, he stole 25. He stole, uh, I think it's like 15 in the last two years combined. So those have ticked down. But you're going to look at big monster power. I think team could also dictate it. I truly think, guys, he will be a top three overall pick when all is said and done. Because I, I do, uh, you guys tell me otherwise. I think there is something brewing in the dynasty prospect community. And I do think those can be two different ones, by the way. I think the prospect community can be different from the straight dynasty community. They also can intersect. But I think there's something brewing where people are getting sick of waiting. People are getting sick of uh, growing these plants. They're, they're sick of watering and maintaining these prospects and, and going with the up and downs. I, I think we are going to have a, a short-term run. It could be long-term, but I think in the next year or two, there's going to be a predominant amount of people that are going to push aside future upside for win me now type of talent and that may pay off and you know in the short term if people can do the right things they may be able to get the win now guys and still pick up some youngs but i think you know you, there's also going to be a chance people are going to miss out on some prospects that are going to pop you know the the guys like the wander francos the problem is last two years have not developed any of those guys if anything they've all lost value it's a it's a depreciating stock value that i think we're going to have a couple year run of uh closer to the majors prospects are going to be more valued than ever before and i think that could lead suzuki not only to just being a guaranteed top three but maybe the first overall first year player guy yeah i think that's a fair statement for sure um you mentioned this guy i'm gonna take him here at the fifth pick and that's Brady house and I'm a big house fan. I've actually got a number three in my rankings. I think that the hit tool is better than some give him credit for. I, I, I got to see him live. I watched him against Dylan Lesko, who is going to be the top prep arm in next year's class. Most likely. I mean, and he was so consistent in making contact against Lesko and Lesko is not your normal high school arm. He's pumping, you know, 98 up there with four pitches that are insanely good. And I don't know. I just feel like House's hit tool is above average, and he's got a ton of raw power. Obviously, he's not going to give you any speed like like Lawler will or, or Khalil Watson will, but I don't know. I, I, you mentioned it. I think there's immense upside here. I think the power, he has easy 30 home run pop. You know, we, We've all seen that. The the EVs are crazy. His bat speed's solid, just loud contact. He's going to get on base to high clip, in my opinion. So I I love the plate approach from what I saw last year. And, you know, you go back to last summer where he really struggled on the circuit, but I, I really think he made some adjustments that allowed him to get to where he was. And we saw him at the complex level performing very well, hit 322 at a 394 OBP. 
and four home runs over 66 plate appearances. So good to see there. A little high ground ball rate, but I mean, that that can be adjusted over time. And it was a small sample as well. So yeah, I'm a big fan of House and I like him in the spot at number five. And I think yeah. you'll get him. I think you can get him in the spot pretty regularly. And I'd be happy to take him here all day. I love, that. I love that pick. I was kind of a, I was a little anti house coming into this year, but man, did he prove it all wrong? Cause I liked all the other shortstops. I like Meyer. I like Watson. I like Lawler. And it's like, someone's got to fail. I just didn't see it on the other side, but house looks like an absolute monster too. So I think that's a great upside pick and legitimate. If, if you are not one of the, like, if you're not going to fall into that tendency, I got to have guys that are a year away or whatever. House over Suzuki is would not have been a bad pick either. Like it really right. does make sense for just so people understand. I think that's the tier we're dealing with. I, I personally think it's like Lawler and um, Lawler and Meyer that kind of sit at the top, and then there's this tier of like Watson and Suzuki and Brady House and probably someone I'm about to get sniped on, Eric. You talking about Jack Leiter? Talking, talking about Jack Leiter. Yep, talking yeah. about Jack Leiter. These. Him and Henry Davis are very close in my rankings, but I'll I'll take the first arm on the board here. You know, Leiter is not, you know, he's not a big guy. I guess I've taken smaller guys, but he's not small, but 6'1", kind of your smaller, you know, pitching package here, not a 6'4 guy, but borderline double-plus fastball. You know, sits low to mid-90s, can get up in the upper 90s. Great movement on that. You know, all, obviously all, all the metrics and data on the pitch are just phenomenal. Uh, so that's borderline double plus fastball. You know, it's the secondaries that have been slightly less consistent, you know, but they've all like he's flashed 55 or 60 on all three of his, of his off speed. It's just not consistently. He'll have one of them going in one outing. The other two will be off. And then next outing, like the slider will come on and the curve and the change will fall off. But, you know, I think he will figure it out. Um, I think he's maybe not frontline potential, but I think he's at number two starter, potential i think he's just gonna be an absolute workhorse uh we, we just missed him on the backfields i was about we, to say did you yeah. tell that story on here did you tell everybody about that story where we were all sitting there and and jack lighter because you guys are with me right yeah yeah that was the that was the day we're sitting i don't mean to jump on it but we're sitting there and uh chris blessing texts me he goes turn around jack lighter is throwing and i missed it and i turn around and i'm staring at al lighter and jack lighter's <laughs> over in the on the field talk with a couple of coaches we turn back around to go look at uh, uh ben uh ben uh oh god what was it uh caderna caderna yeah ben caderna and frank mazzucato i turn back around and right behind me is al lighter and jack lighter just chatting it up on the rangers backfield and it's like and we're all in the, the four of us and well, five of us we had Eno there too we're all sitting there and we're like Holy crap. We just missed Jack Leiter throwing. He's right here. He's with the team. His dad's here. They're working on the stuff and they're getting ready for a season. That was one of my, that was actually one of my favorite first pitch moments where the yeah. all, me and Eno and you guys, we're all sitting there and we're looking at the Royals guys. We're talking with, um, uh, Zion Bannister, uh, yeah, Zion Bannister was, was talking with everybody. Zion's awesome. And then Jack Leiter's behind I me. Mean, it's, that is the epitome of, how cool the Arizona yep. can be and like instructional league stuff. Like we all just had that weird experience of it. And I love that pick by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Like, I remember, uh, I remember staying in the club. I'm like, would it be weird if like, we just started videotaping him from like 20, he was like doing his pitch grips. So like, be kind of weird. Like he just looks over. There's just two guys with video cameras, <laughs> like videoing him. Yeah. Like, yo, like, can I get in on that? Can I take <laughs> yeah. a pick? Right. We probably should have asked. Like, what's he's like, hey, can I take no? a picture? And he's like, oh, yeah, we could do a selfie. You're like, no, no, no. I want to take a picture of your hand holding the ball. Like, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't need I don't need no selfie. I want yeah, the hands with the with all the grips. Yeah, show absolutely. me your show me your slider, please. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I'll, I'll take a uh, Jack Leiter here at pick six. All right. Well, uh, I'm back up here and I think this is kind of end of a tier. I think we're getting into a territory where there's, I don't know if there's question marks, but I think the gap gets much bigger and you can go a lot of different directions. So the one guy, there's two guys I watched the most in college baseball last year. One was Jack Leiter. I feel like I saw every single one of his starts, good or bad. The other one was Henry Davis with Louisville. And I loved Henry Davis early on. And you know what was interesting was Adrian Del Castillo out of Miami, who went to the Diamondbacks, was actually seen coming into the year as kind of like one of the top catchers overall. Like offensively, he was there, and he really backtracked. And the minute I saw Henry Davis, I was like, I love outside of him not wearing gloves, because I hate that, I was like, I love this guy. Loved his approach. Big, huge, raw power. Steals bases as well. Uh, he kind of... I don't know. He he's like this new guard of catcher. It feels very Ramuto like to me. A uh, high batting average doesn't get fooled. 
you you could argue where the power truly is. Also a big team leader, a uh, big arm b- behind the plate as well. Someone that's going to be able to be a you know, major tutelage for those pitchers coming forward. I don't like taking catchers in first-year player. It's not my thing. There's very few that I want to take. Of the three that I want, maybe four, Henry Davis is in that camp. Adley and Gabriel Moreno are at the top. Then it's Francisco Alvarez and Henry Davis. And Henry Davis has offensive upside of Adley Rutschman. That's just what it is. Is it going to be as big a power, as big of average? Okay, maybe not. Maybe it's a tick down, but that's what you're looking at. And that's, you know, the Pirates don't typically move guys up, but this is a closer to the majors player with, I think, 30 plus home run power. He also could be a sneaky stolen base option because that's what he does. And he'll hit for batting average. This is not an empty power. This is the type of catcher you want. Throw in a DH, a universal DH. And it, it interestingly enough, creates more value to catchers that have high offensive potential that they could DH on days that they're not catching. And guess what? Henry Davis fits that bill. So this is an easy pick, Henry Davis here. And one of the better values, if I have to say so, for my own personal pick. Yeah, I totally agree. And I I think that he's going to slide in FYPDs because the boring college bat and everybody wants to chase the upside of these high school guys. But, I mean, he was easily the best college bat, in my opinion, in the draft. And I agree with you. I think that he's a great value here. I'm going to stick at the position. Well, well, maybe we'll see if he sticks at the position. That's with Harry Ford with the Mariners. My guy. Yeah, he. I think he's an absolute stud with the bat. It'll be interesting to see what position he ends up at. I could see him literally probably play anywhere. I could see him probably in third or the corner outfield he's spot. He's a little maybe. smaller in person. I got to see his debut, and I saw a whole bunch of his at bats this year out here when he was uh, playing in AZL. He actually would surprise you. Like he's a little bit smaller for your comfort, but it's no different than Gabriel Moreno, and he's he's a yeah. thick dude too. Yeah, he's listed at five ten two hundred. You say he's shorter than that? I'd say he's closer to like the five not like you know like. Just that, you know, the guy who's like 5'8 and 3'4s and they're like, yeah. I'm 5'9. You know, they say I'm 5'10. Like that type yeah. of thing. Like he's a little bit shorter. Yeah, but I'm also 6'4, so I screw that up sometimes because when I tower <laughs> over guys, I'm like, why are you so tiny? You're a professional athlete. Uh, I'm sure You're... you thought that about me too. But yeah, No, 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 no. We were sitting a lot, Chris. So. Speaking yeah. of 5'8 and 3 quarters. Yeah, seriously. I say <laughs> Call I'm five, it 5'9. Nine. <laughs> Call it 5'9, Eric. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. But yeah, no, I, I think that I really do think that there's plus raw here and, and plus speed in the profile. I mean, Jerry DePoto said that he thinks that he has 70 raw, which is insane. I don't know if he ever gets to that, but good bat speed. I think that the hit tool is, is good enough. He's going to make enough contact to to be a really solid hitter. Uh, pretty good play discipline, in my opinion, for a young catcher like this. And, you know, good good ground ball to fly ball to line drive rate distributions there. And, you know, he impressed early on at the complex. I know you got a ton of good looks at him. Saw some video you posted of him. I'm, I'm a big fan. Liked him in high school. I like this pick a lot. I like the landing spot as well. The Mariners have done a good job of building this system with a ton of bats, and I think he's going to just be the next guy that kind of steps in and really develops. So I'm a big fan of Harry Ford and getting him in this spot here. Yeah, this is this is where we get into like the really intrigue, like the top like you know six or seven or so are kind of chalk for the most part. It was part. easy. Yeah, like, you know, di- differentiating orders, obviously, but it's like the same seven for the most part when you throw in Saya Suzuki as well. Now, eight, nine, 10, 11. This is where it really gets interesting. I can go with several different players here, but I'll go, I'll go Colton Kowser. Um, really like Colton Kowser. He, he had a great debut. Obviously, he was very abbreviated after the draft, but showed very well in his professional debut. And he's another one of those guys, um, you know, the big, pa- you know, college numbers, but the smaller school kind of thing. Like, all right, can he do it against a big competition? You know, the Sam Houston state, not really a powerhouse collegiate, you know, baseball team there, but his final year uh, in college, the 55 games, 16 home runs, 17 steals, 374, 490, 680 slash more walks and strikeouts. Yeah. I think he's going to be, you know, I've seen some plus grades thrown on the hit tool. We'll see. I think he's at least above average there. I think the power is above average. I think the speed's above average. So, you could be looking at just straight 55s across the board. Maybe one of those ticks up to 60. Um, but yeah, don't see a lot of big weaknesses in this game. Doesn't strike out too often. Walks at a high rate as well. So there's a lot of things well across the board. So I think there's 2020 upside here as well. Love the landing spot with him going to Baltimore. Love that organization. Definitely one on the rise in terms of player development. So love that landing spot as well. 
this is a lot to like here. So I will take Colton Kowser here at pick nine. I want people to know what just happened in this draft that I, I think Chris knows what's happening. I was sniped because on the draft board, Eric Cross had a different player up. I wrote in Colton <laughs> Kowser all ready to go. And then when the pick came in, Eric Cross goes, Colton Kowser, and I was sitting here with my jaw on the ground going, oh, no. I forgot he wrote to change. Someone, he wrote someone else in. I, was on the, I did see that on the board. I, I was on the that. fence between, yeah, th those two players, but, yeah, changed my mind at the last second. I honestly did not see you your pick there. Son of, it's a great pick. It's <laughs> I, a great pick. I've I actually changed really, it. I've turned. I've turned. I've turned. Again, uh, that's just another one of those guys, kind of like Brady House. I I mean, I laughed when the Orioles took Colton Kowser, as we all would, you know, and we're probably going to laugh when the Orioles do something crazy with the first overall pick this year, which will be great for my Diamondbacks. But Colton Kowser had a great run. So I love that pick, and that's where I would have gone. So I'll go with actually the player that you put in, and I think these guys are one, too. The difference is one was a college bat's going to move faster. The other was out here, very big-bodied guy, a little eccentric, too, uh, in, in some other things I could tell people on the side. But I'm going to take Benny Montgomery with the uh, Colorado Rockies. There's something to not like is that he's a Rocky and how they develop prospects is something that is at like a peak of criticism. And I think it's justified. They do a lot of stuff weird. But Benny was out here uh, in Arizona playing in the ACL, hit 340 in his time, played 14 games, 47 at bats, had an over 400 OBP, five stolen bases. So... You know, I know we looked at Zach Veen and we looked at like the A numbers and the stolen bases and we all kind of jumped and, you know, maybe maybe the lower A levels are a place that you can, you know, steal more bases. But Veen did five stolen bases out. I'm sorry, uh, Benny Montgomery had five stolen bases in less than 50 at bats out here. Maybe something you could pick apart. Had a triple, 16 hits in 47 at bats. Big power similar to veen might actually be a i think a better athlete more physically better athlete than zach veen zach veen um a little wiry still rocking with that but uh, i'm gonna go with benny montgomery and i'm still a little upset that you took hauser well here's the thing i i meant to delete it i was trying to as i was like all right i know clay had montgomery a few spots further down his rankings i was hoping you did as well I was like, oh, maybe i can <laughs> sneak montgomery in at pick 12 but obviously that did not work you, <laughs> Ew, you son of a i should have yeah, said that... montgomery. montgomery i think montgomery has the highest fantasy upside in this draft whether, it is. I, whether I, he I'm reaches it that's another story but i'm montgomery above uh, Kowser, but i was going to take Kowser just in kind of continuing my uh you know my like level headedness but i agree montgomery for the upside yeah, I, I laughed as that uh that happened on the draft you board. Yeah, the, this guy, I'm afraid that he's not going to make it back to me, so I'm going to take him here because I was looking at Eric's rankings as well. I actually hey, hey, have hey, get, get out of my rankings, Clay. Hey, hey, we do joint FYP rankings. I can see uh, it all minor details, minor yeah. details. But I have I have Trace Weenie ranked eighth in my FYPD rankings. I'm a big fan of him. Um, kind of under the radar guy, I guess a college bat. That you know, not a lot of people were in on. The Yankees took him at, at 20 overall. I think there's a lot more in the profile than we've really seen. He posted some really gaudy numbers in college, and the underlying like stack has stayed just really good. The contact rates were, were really good as well. Uh, he debuted this year, went from complex level, only was there short time, and, and went to A ball. And you know, it was solid. I wouldn't say he had a great season. He had 245 and 129 plate appearances, but did have six home runs, three stolen bases and a 357 OBP, but he just hits the ball hard. He makes consistent contact, and I think he's going to be one of these quick risers. Like, we'll see him get to the majors pretty quick, and so that's obviously attractive from that standpoint. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of Trey Sweeney. The more I've seen on him, the more I, I really like, and you know, I just think that he's going to fly under radar in FYPDs, and you can get a good value on him. So even here, I think you get him much later in drafts. I'm taking him here at 11. I think you can probably get him a little bit later. Yeah, it's a great pick. I love Trey Sweeney. He's been one of the bigger risers at my range. I think I had him like in the 17, 18, 19 range when I did my initial rankings, even before the draft. And every time I redid him, it was like he moved up one or two spots more. Now he's a top 10 guy for me. It's a great pick there. I hate to go a second pitcher already, but I just love me some Jackson Job. You know, yeah. remember, people know how high I was last year on Mick Abel. I'm basically just as high. On Jackson Job, 6'2 right-hander, this electric arm speed, and has one of the filthiest sliders you'll ever see 
incredible spin rates. I think it's like 32, 3300 RPMs on the slider. You see 3000 RPMs and you just eyes just bug out right? like pitchers like, and we all get excited. Yeah, that when that number starts with a three, that's yeah, you're getting yeah, exactly. since I'm elite, like untouchable territory that not many people go to. So right that he's you know, as an 18 year old, he's I think he's 19 now, but with a slider like that already, it might have been the best slider in the draft. Might have been the best secondary in the draft, definitely in that conversation for sure. You know, obviously the other pitchers are kind of a little bit behind, but he's shown at least a decent feel for a changeup and a curveball as well. You know, and just good overall feel for his age as well. You know, he's not quite as raw as a lot of the arms his age are. So, yeah, he's a prep right-hander. Those are definitely hit or miss. Like, we've seen them hit, like Ian Anderson hit, but we've seen a lot of others that haven't. So, definitely some risk to go with a pick like Jackson Job. But if you just want to, you know, the highest upside arm, I think he has a slightly higher ceiling than Jack Leiter. Obviously, Leiter, much safer. But if you want, like, the highest upside arm in this draft, I would go Jackson Job. So, I'll take him here at pick 12. Yeah, that was a pick I, I would have taken him uh, had you gone a different direction. So with uh, uh, that would actually end a 12-man uh, draft. Uh, pick 13, I'm going to go with Sal Frelick with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, college um, uh, college outfielder who moved three levels. Started complex, went to A, then went to high A. Played 15 games at high, which a little bit of a struggle, but he ended up finishing all three. That's a big move, by the way. Think about what he did in college as well. Um, going three levels, hitting 329. He had 13 extra base hits, two were homers, 21 walks, 25 strikeouts, and 12 stolen bases. Really, really came on. Smaller guy with a really solid profile as far as a hit profile. Uh, Love the destination as well. Might even be offensively more exciting than Garrett Mitchell, dare I say. I will go with Sal Frelick, uh, even though I did want Job. Yeah, that's uh, a good pick there. Um, sticking in the college range here and going with Matt McClain. UCLA, he's kind of flies under the radar as well. I mean, he he dropped down. I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of still debating how I feel about McClain. He's kind of like a flat bat where he's, you know, he's not lifting the ball well. But I do think that's like something that's fixable with him. Like they can adjust that. He makes really solid contact. The hit tool is definitely there. I do think we maybe see more power develop. He's one of those guys that probably has more raw power than he'll ever get to in game power at least. And he's got good speed as well. Um, we saw him jump from complex to high this year, and he performed well. Had 119 plate appearances, stole 10 bags, hit three home runs, 273 average, near 400 OBP. So encouraging signs there. I think he'll be another fast riser as well. And it only helps that he'll play his home games in Great American Small Park, where he'll his power will definitely play up a little bit there. So I'll be curious to see what kind of power he does develop. But I'm a fan of McLean overall. Just think that the, the hit tool is very solid, and I'll bank on the power coming around with time. I will take his future teammate, potentially, if they both stay in the same org, and go Jay Allen, outfielder, uh, prep outfielder. And if, if you miss on Montgomery and you want like the next upside guy, Jay Allen, there's a few. There's a lot of like just toolsy upside uh, prep bats this year in this draft class. But uh, I'll go Jay Allen. He was a two-sport star, football, baseball in high school. Uh, inc- obviously, to be a two-sport star, you have to be an, a phenomenal athlete. He is plus the dub- probably double-plus runner. And I think there's p- potential for plus power here as well. So, still got some pretty good projection on his frame. This is at 6'3", 190. I think he can put on some good bulk there, but he's a little raw. Obviously, he was kind of focused on football too. He was had some college. I think he had some college offers as well to go play, go play college football. So I think this will be a bat that could just really, really take off once he you know gets into you know minor league ball full time. Uh, obviously, you know he's in the Reds organization now. Um, could really start focusing solely on baseball now, and I think he's this guy's going to take off. Like it's a plus raw power. I think more than. Um, double plus or be up to double plus speed as well we'll see how the hit tool comes along that's kind of like the question mark with these types of guys but love the upside here uh so i'll go jl i think he could be a fantasy dynamo type of guy so i will take another high school because you guys are just snatched up all the college guys so i will scoop up the low-hanging fruit here with the prep guys take jay allen here at pick 15 now let's hit a quick break here i'll come back on the other side with pick 16 through however many we get through so don't go anywhere 
Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. All right, welcome back. Going back to Chris Welsh here for pick 16 in our first-year player draft mock. Now, I'm going to go a tiny bit off-board of my own personal rank. Uh, It's because I also understand the climate. I I saw this guy personally, and I conducted something that people might be interested in. You guys both took part in, and Eric is going to be a part of the next episode breakdown. I have the Prospect 180Ps, where I created an ADP system for prospects and drafting. And this guy would be the next up in the overall, as far as my ADPs uh, go in drafts. And I think we're in a big clump of uh, where I really can't tell where people are going to go. And I have like a lot of different guys, but I want to assure myself I am going to get this guy. And I'm going to go with James Triantos. I had a feeling that's who you're going to say. I didn't think he was going to last much longer. And like I said, I do have a few players above him, but it's a clump that I don't think Triantos would last. And Eric, you, I think you're kind of assuring me here. Triantos hit 327, six homers when he was out here in the AZL, uh, three stolen bases as well, seven doubles, 33 hits, and 101 at bats. He he is, uh, I saw him multiple times in person. I've got some video out there. Big bat speed, already like a big physical kid, uh, and also like looks super young too, like you know, like acne and like red hair everywhere. <laughs> and then he gets out there and he's a big physical monster. He was out there uh, showing up guys like Kevin Alcantara. So I think he belongs in that top. 20-ish discussion. I think there's multiple guys I really like in this area, but I did not think I would get Triantos coming back because of the popularity. He's inside the top 150 of overall prospects on my ADP sheet that people can find. Top 150 of all prospects. This is a first-year player guy. We're in the teens. I'll take James Triantos. I was debating uh, between him and Jay Allen, so I think we've been kind of on key with you know Kelzer yeah. Montgomery, Allen Triantos. Yeah, great pick. Love Triantos. Huge riser. Yeah, that was going to be my pick. And this is the first area where I've really kind of struggled and debated who I'm going to take here. I'm going to go to the pitching well. Uh, I'm going to go with Gavin Williams from ECU in a great organization that develops pitchers in Cleveland. Now, Guardians, they do a phenomenal job, as you know. I mean, Williams was insanely dominant this year. And, yeah, you can say, sure, he, he played lower-level college ball, but you can go back and watch his start against Vanderbilt in the regionals last year where he was just absolutely insane. I think he struck out, he easily struck out double digits. I can't remember the exact number, but just dominating and big strikeout stuff, great command control here, great arsenal of pitches. And you got to love the organization that he's going to be in. So yeah, at this point in the draft, it's kind of like, there's so many different ways you can go, but I'll take, the college arm here that could be quick to the majors and gap. I also, I also want to throw in for you. I got to see one of his starts out here and during instructs, he was out over at the Texas side. He is a physical monster. He is so big and that fastball comes at you. He's a very, very impressive looking guy. And there are a lot of those guys out here in Arizona and he is a big physical beast who pumps that fastball in his breakers. And he's going to, he's going to be something else. Yeah. I think he's, he's what? Six, six, pretty big yeah. guy. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. Yeah, so since Clegg sniped me, I was like, go oh, Gavin Williams. I'll go another co- uh, collegiate arm here, a guy that I'm probably a little higher on the most. I know there's a lot of a lot of risk in this profile, but uh, I'll go righty out of the University of Miami of Ohio, Sam Bachman. This guy has absolutely filthy stuff. Sure, the command and control, you know, maybe push him to the ball. There's definitely some bullpen risk here. I still think he's obviously going to be given every chance to start. Uh, but obviously, this guy is just one of the highest upside guys in the draft in terms of arms, uh, regardless of high school or college. Upper 90s, touches 100, at least a plus slider in the upper 80s that actually gets into the low 90s at times. It's really sharp late break on that. It's a plus offering. Change up just absolutely darts away from uh, from lefties and down and then to righties. You'll use it against both sides of the plate as well. That's at least above average, too. So. Uh, it's really, can he start? Like, he's got the stuff to be a dynamic arm, regardless of what role he's in. 
but is he going to start long-term? And also, I'm not – I've been on record saying this many times now. I'm not really confident in the Angels and developing pitchers, so uh, that's kind of a setback. That's why I dropped him down a few spots. Like He was a guy that was up like 12, 13 for me uh, before the draft, went to the Angels. I'm like, shoot. Uh, I dropped him down a few. So I just don't like how the Angels develop pitching. This is a personal thing of mine. People can disagree with that, but uh, I'll, I'll take the risk here. I'll go Sam Bachman at pick, uh, what are we, 18? Uh, I'm trying to see how I can manipulate this and see where I can go because there's a lot of different ways. But I'm going to go a deep cut. If you get this, uh, let me see if you guys know who I'm going to take. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Does anybody know who I'm going to Damn you. I was going to. Okay, I'm, I'm retracting my pick. Yes. Ooh, piece Damn. of candy. I am taking James Wood. And that deep cut, obviously, family guy, if you guys can come and play along with me. Hopefully someone appreciated that. James Wood, not Woods, is a monster. Now, I will tell you, because I, I got to be at his debut, uh, him and Jackson Merrill out here in Arizona, and I have one worry. I do have a worry that that body could get a little bit ahead of him. Uh, he's already kind of like, he's still growing into it. This kid is six foot eight, six foot eight, huge monster power. One of my favorite bats coming in. When I saw him in person, I was like, boy, this, from a size perspective, could go a couple different ways, but he performed really well, and I think it's going to thin out. 372 batting average, hit three homers, 10 stolen bases. I mind you, he is listed at six foot seven, 240 pounds, and he stole 10 bases. He's not going to be a 20 or 30 stolen base guy, but he might legit be able to get 10 or 15, which would be a game changer with an Aaron Judge-type body. Uh little bit of a hole in the swing that's going to have to get fixed. I'm a little bit worried about, but he's got pure, raw monster power. And guess what? You're in the second round of your first-year player. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> yeah, love that pick. Uh, fan of Wood as well. I know Eric's a little higher on than me, so he's I, I should, that way. I should have known he wouldn't get past Welsh. No, I, no, that no. was a mistake on my part that I will try to <laughs> See, rectify. you got to kind of manipulate the draft sometimes. Yeah. you got to yeah, figure it's... out what you could do. you got to know your participants. And I yep. I know your, I, I know at least some of your guys, too. Like, I don't know yeah. all of your guys, but I know some of your guys just from talking with you all the time. So I should have known James Wood would not go <laughs> yes, sir. past you next pick. <laughs> I like Clegg's next pick because he put it on the board, and this is who I almost took. Yep, so I'm sticking in the pitching well here and going Gunnar Hoagland from Ole Miss now with – the Toronto Blue Jays, if he hadn't had Tommy John, I think he might have pushed up near the top 10, honestly. The talent level was there. He made major strides in velocity this year. He was low, like 89-90. He was up to like 94-95 consistently during the college season, and it even sustained like late in the starts. Like I was looking back at one of the starts that I watched, and he hit 93 on his 103rd pitch of one of his starts um, early on in the year, which was encouraging. The mechanics are really clean. Great command. I'm a fan of the whole arsenal. The command's great. The fastball velo ticking up's great. And I'm not, and honestly, like I'm not overly worried about the Tommy John surgery because of when he had it. Like he's not missing that much time of professional ball development. So he'll jump back right back in. You know, he's the type of guy that's going to hit the ground running, in my opinion. He'll be just fine. So, you know, Hoagland, if you're looking for a talented arm later, like in like you're talking about the second round, like this is the guy like you want to target, in my opinion. Like he could be like a Walker Bueller, where Walker Bueller, when he was drafted, I'm not saying he will be Walker Bueller, but Walker Bueller was drafted. Tommy John surgery fell down, wasn't like a top guy. Hoagland could we could come back and be like, Oh man, can you believe we yeah. I mean I like Bachman by the way, but we could be like, Could you believe we took Joe Bachman over Hoagland? Yeah. Like, that could be a possibility. 100%. Absolutely absolutely agree. Didn't Bueller fall to like pick twenty four? Four twenty-five. Yeah, I think he was almost like compensatory. But yeah, you're probably right. Summer's in the mid to late twenties, and the Dodgers yeah. got it. I'll, I'll look steal. while we're doing this. Okay, yeah, I think it's somewhere in that range. So yeah, definitely twenty-fourth overall in 2015. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, definitely love Hoagland and agree with everything both of you just said. I'll go back to the another one of those toolsy prep guys I was mentioning earlier. Lonnie White Ooh, went okay. to the Pittsburgh Pirates, who, which is a uh, one of my kind of low-key one of my favorite organizations in baseball right now in terms of and down the prospects a lot of depth there you know you get ben charrington and so it's just definitely a uh, an org on the rise with, with their player development as well um so like the landing spot here for lonnie white another two-sport guy football baseball had a i was a recruit for penn state one of, you know obviously one of the top college football schools in the nation so that's no slouch there big physical guy 6'3", projection on the frame. I think it might even be 6'4". I think that might be a little low. Um, just by looking at him, maybe 6'4". But he's a big physical guy, really, really speedy. Uh, I've seen some 70 grades thrown on his on speed tool. 
which I think he's at, at least bare minimum plus and probably close. I don't like to do 65, but um, he's closer to 70 than 60. We'll put it that way. Another guy that, you know, the, does, I think, plus raw power there. Uh, maybe he does lose a step and maybe he's only a plus runner or maybe even 55. We'll see how the frame goes. Um, but I think there's definitely 60 power, 60 speed potential here. Um, if, if he puts on good muscle, he keeps that speed and that athleticism uh, to the degree that he has. And then another, just where will the hit tool be? Um, he's obviously another guy like with, with Jay Allen focusing on baseball now solely instead of doing the two sport thing. So uh, I like Pittsburgh, like I said, so I think there's, that was a good landing spot for him. All the tools are there. We'll just see if the hit tool comes around, but he's definitely a, a great upside pick after like, and once you get past like the teens after like 15, I'd be okay taking Lonnie white if you want some upside. So I'll take him here. I pick 20. What pick are we at? 24. I, yeah. I love that pick. I know 21. I, um, I oh, thought about taking Lonnie around the James Wood area too. Uh, Cause I really, really like uh, Lonnie white. I think that's a great pick. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to continue my hitter run. Cause that's what I like to do. I like to avoid pitchers when I can. There's always good late value unless you get the elite guys. I'm going to go with a big physical imposing shortstop uh, with the Chicago White Sox, Colson Montgomery. Very, very impressive in person, by the way, when you see him. There's a lot of Corey Seager comps out there. Pretty good start. Uh, he played over here in complex level, hit 287. Little too strikeouty that you don't love. Seven doubles, which could have been more power. Uh, everybody talks about Wes Koth, uh, who's a my high school alum. And he was with the White Sox and how big he is. But Colson Montgomery is a physically imposing guy, and he does have a lot of physical comps. The um, Corey Seager, big, good left-handed swing. There is probably easy 25 power potential in there, and I really, really like the get. So give me Colson Montgomery with the White Sox. All right, I'm going to stick with hitters. I'm going to actually go to the college ranks this time and go with Zach Geloff of Oakland Athletics. He's another one to me that seems to fly under the radar. He had a phenomenal college career at Virginia, high high level of college baseball, and he did nothing but hit the ground running this year in the minors. He was absolutely dominant in low A, uh, hit 298 over 145 plate appearances, seven bombs, 11 stolen bases, 393 OBP, which you love to see, good plate discipline. He even made the jump to AAA at the end of the year. I know that was where the season was extended. He got some more reps there. So he even performed high at a high level there. He had six RBI and 13 plate appearances, hit 583, seven hits over that time. Small sample, but still. I think he's an impressive hitter. I think he's under the radar value here and college bat that may move up pretty quick. What do you, do you like that pick, Welsh? No, I just saw. Cr- yes, I do. I don't want to say I don't like that pick. <laughs> I have uh, Isaac a little bit lower in my ranks than I, I had a couple other upside guys that I'd like. There's a couple more um, like athletic outfielders that I'm going with, uh, but I do like the pick. But your pick, you're about to say, just crushed me because that's absolutely my pick. And I thought I was going to be safe with it because of how bad of a start he had. But go on, go on. <laughs> Joshua Baez, outfielder, St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, got, I got. I'm the New England guy on this pod. I got to take the New England guy. He's from Massachusetts. Prep outfielder really fits that. It's that prototypical corner outfielder mold. Huge, you know, 70 grade raw power. Really strong arm. He's more athletic than people give him credit for. I don't think he's gonna be a big stolen base guy, but maybe a guy that adds like five to ten annually. See how the body feels. He's already listed at 6'4", 220 at age 18. So uh, let's see how big the body gets and see how the speed translates as he gets older and closer to the major leagues. But huge, huge power, as I mentioned. And I, I think the hit tool, that there's been some concerns there, some strikeout issues, some chase pitch recognition issues. But I think the hit tool will be okay. I think he can be a 50 hit. I think that's definitely within the realm of possibility. And I kind of have the same kind of mindset around him as – rewind a year as I did about Jordan Walker. I'm not saying he's going to have that next level kind of jump that Walker had this year, but I think going into the draft at the respective times, these skill sets were kind of similar, obviously third baseman, the outfielder, but you know, kind Walker, of big, much better hitter, but Baez, yeah, a little bit, a little bit Baez better is even maybe more power than Walker. Right. Yeah. So I was not a great comp, but I kind of feel the same overall about them. I think this Baez could make a big jump next year as well. So uh, I'll take him here. Yeah, that's solid. Uh, I'm actually going to go, uh, I'm going to have teammates with Colson Montgomery. I'm going to kind of do what you did, but I'm going to go with Wes Koth, uh, my alumni. Wes Koth, uh, third baseman, maybe could play some first out of um, uh, Desert Mountain High School here in Arizona, was drafted by the White Sox. 
big physical dude again six foot three 200 pounds he thinned out it's funny if you go and watch video of like the high school video of him and then you see him in person he really kind of thinned out uh and he is like a physically imposing guy did not have the best this is kind of like a bias pick like bias hit i think like sub 200 but uh, Koth only hit 212 but he had three homers he had a couple triples in there bunch of strikeouts but i think I'm making the big bet on pure raw power. I like what the White Sox have done with a lot of their guys in general. So give me West Coth, um, you know, in a, in a, in a 15-man roto, this is like a late second-round pick. Uh, Baez is a steal, and I think Koth is right where he needs to be. You guys have gotten some major league teammates. I'll get uh, some college teammates here. I got Gavin Williams earlier. I'll take Connor Norby from ECU. He's in Baltimore's organization. Um, pretty big fan here. Good contact rates, good hit tool. Good field to hit. And another one where it's like, well, he played a lower level division one college baseball, but I mean, he was the American athletic conference player of the year at 102 hits last year, just absolutely dominated. Uh, I think obviously the hit tools, the carrying tool here, I think he probably like an average power and runner as well, but I do think that skill set kind of plays here. And, you know, I, I keep taking the feel like the college safer kind of skill sets here, but I do think that he could kind of surprise some people a little smaller, but I could see some pop come in and being a decent power hitter. So Connor Norby 26 overall. I like Norby a lot. He was in my, he's in this range for me as well. So I was definitely considering him here, but I will take a guy that actually has fallen a bit. He's actually uh, about five or six spots higher in my personal rankings. I will take Andrew Painter, Prep right-hander went to the Philadelphia Phillies at pick 16 out of the Florida prep ranks that some compare compare him to their 2020 first-rounder in McAbel. I don't, I don't like him quite as much as McAbel, but there's definitely a lot to like here in the profile. Just starting off, he's six foot seven righty. Love that, love the height, really strong body, clean mechanic, really just easy delivery. Uh, you love to see that. Plus fastball already shows a great feel. For a changeup, that could be plus as well. Uh, the fastball sets usually in the you know mid nineties can touch ninety eight or so. Um, also shows at least a solid feel for two breaking balls that I think could be above average as well. So you could be looking at four fifty five or sixty grade offerings. You know we'll see how the command and control goes. He's not quite as advanced um, as some of the other as he's not quite as advanced as Jackson Job, uh, for example. But definitely love the upside here. And I think if everything breaks right, Philly could have a really, really dynamic duo of him and Mick Abel, you know, like four or five years down the road. So uh, love Painter here. So I know, uh, I think this is going to be my last pick that we're going to do real breakdowns on is we're going to, I think, plow through some others. I'm going to take my first pitcher. I'll finally do it. I'll pull the trigger because I don't think I've taken a pitcher uh, throughout this entire thing, which is very on brand. I'm going to go with a college pitcher. I really like this guy. I'm going to go with Will Bednar uh, with the San Francisco Giants. Bednar, good mid-90s fastball, can hit the uppers a little bit. Lots of movement on both ways, plus slider. He's got a couple other offerings, which it's really just about you know being consistent. And he has had a relatively good debut coming in. He only pitched seven innings, but he had a one two nine ERA in four starts, six strikeouts, only one walk, six hits, no homers given up. There's just a lot of movement. This he has the feel of like at least a number three starter. I mean, Giants do fantastic things with pitchers. I really like Bednar, and when I can, I'd like to try to put my balance into uh, college pitchers, unless a high school pitcher has insane upside. And I think at this point, like I'm with you with Painter, I'm with you with Job, and I don't remember if there was somebody else, but like other than that, I don't want to like go too high on much of the and many of these pitchers. So I'd rather go college. So give me Bednar. All right, I'm gonna take a guy here who was much more highly revered prior to this year. And Alex Benellis, who really fell after a pretty much struggle of a season in 2021 with Louisville, he, he still hit 19 home runs, but uh, the strikeout rates were up, hit just 256. So it was a struggle, but his pro debut was actually very solid um, between you know, a little bit of time at rookie ball and then in low A, he hit 309, had a near 400 OBP, and hit nine home runs over 36 games, which was impressive. Big power here. I do think that the contact skills can tick back up. It was encouraging to see the plate discipline kind of look improved at least in pro ball after what we saw this year. And and really, it was like a, a down first couple months of the college season as Benelis picked it up a little bit down the stretch for Louisville. 
And even still with the struggle this year, had a 973 OPS, had a thousand plus OPS uh, this year in pro ball, which is very encouraging. So I'll take him in the spot. Alex Benellis at 29. Solid. Yeah, his kind of values him up and down a ton over the last like 12 to 18 months. And right now, obviously on the rise, like that pick as well. I'll go a guy that I'm higher on than most. He fell uh, in the actual MLB draft to the fourth round to the Chicago Cubs. I'll go Christian Franklin here, outfielder from the University of Arkansas. Didn't have a, you know, actually he didn't have a great pro debut. 237 only, but I uh, only had one home run in 24 games, but walked a ton. But it was obviously it was lower level. It was low A for the most part. 20 of those 24 games came in low A, Myrtle Beach. Um, but like the power speed here, I think he's above average power and speed potential 2020 guy like the Cubs uh, system in terms of developing hitters, especially had 13 home runs, 11 steals in 61 games in his final season at Arkansas, but only hit 274 struck out a little bit too much. Uh, so definitely there's the hit tool concerns, the strikeout concerns. Maybe he's 45 hit. Maybe he's only like a 250, 260 hitter, but then that could come with some sneaky, good power speed. So and he's a guy I think you can get for a pretty good value because sometimes people get too caught up in where these players actually got taken in the major league draft. And with him going at pick 123, I think you could probably get him 10 to 15 spots after this if you want to wait. So I love Franklin. I love yeah, watching I too. him in college. I think it's a, that's a really good pick. I, I thought I was like the really high guy on him, but uh, I've got him in the 30s. So this I think is a great spot. I got a um, personal rankings. I have him 25. So. Yeah, I think, oh, yeah, I think we're, we're, not, we're not too far off, but he, he, that, that's a big cluster. Like 23 to like 35 or so is kind of pretty close. Yeah, I agree. agree. All right, so we can send 30 picks now. We're going to do another 20 or 21 picks, but uh, just to give you guys all some more picks, but no analysis. We're already up uh, about an hour right now, so we'll just say who we're going to be picking so we can get some more picks into Lightning this podcast. Round? Lightning, Lightning round. round. Let's do it. Lightning round. I need, I need like some like thunder or like crashing. Yeah, we need some like get some or, music bed under here. But uh, I am going to go with Isaac Pacheco, Detroit uh, Tigers. Especially Detroit Lions, Detroit Tigers. <laughs> Better on the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. No one wants to play for the Detroit Lions right now. <laughs> oh, it's to me. Uh, yes, wake up, Craig. I'm, I'm not ready for the lightning round, clearly. Uh, Chase Petty, Minnesota Twins. Ooh, that's going to be my Sniped play. in the lightning round. I don't <laughs> I thought like I could this. get him one more, yeah. <laughs> uh, I will go the younger Maxwell Muncie, Oakland Athletics, middle infielder. Okay, I am going to go. I'm actually glad you guys at least left me. Dalen Lyle, uh, Washington. I like Lyle. Good pick. Yep, me nice. Too. Um, I'm going Aaron Zavala, Texas Rangers. Ooh, okay. Good pick. A little smaller pick. than I thought when I saw him in person. A little bit smaller. I will go another interesting prep guy. Went to Pittsburgh. Bubba Chandler. Nice. Ooh, that would have been. Okay, that was one of my two picks here. I'm going to go Homer, but this dude is a dude. Don't sleep on him. Ryan Bliss with the Arizona Diamondbacks from Auburn. Ryan Bliss yeah. is a dude. Big fan of that. Oh, gosh, too quick for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with Ethan Wilson, Philadelphia Phillies. I think he, he had a rough start to his pro career. I think he rebounds. Good pick there. Uh, I'll take... I'll take Clegg's guy here. I know he doesn't like him, so to speak, but he's Atlanta Brave. I'll go Ryan Cusick. Okay. Um, okay, we saw him. How about I will take another pitcher, Frank Mazzucato. I'll take Frank Mazzucato. Wasn't in love. We kind of like uh, Kaderna a little bit better, but Mazzucato had stuff, just no uh, connection to it. I'll take Mazzucato. Yeah. Um, Kyle Manzardo, Tampa Bay Rays. Like Manzardo a lot. Um, so, uh, I will go, I don't want to go to the pitcher here. Uh, I got a couple pitchers in this range. I'll go, I'll go Joe Mack, catcher Miami Marlins. Give me San Diego Padres, Jackson Merrill, shortstop, Jackson nice. Merrill. First pick. pick. And I'll follow up the Mazzucato pick with Ben Kaderna here, who oh, was highly impressive when we saw him. Kansas City Royals. I was going to sneak in Kaderna here. Mm-hmm. All right, I will then... I will go. Yeah, now we're so, we're all slowing down a little bit here. We're like, mm. I know. <laughs> lightning round is not so lightning, lightning anymore. Round, lightning round is kind of tough. The sheet, I don't even know where we are in the sheet. I know. Right I have now, no so. clue. <laughs> I'm just putting numbers next to my personal rankings, like pick 35, 30, so I know who's been taken, okay. who, I still, who I still have. I'll go. Uh, I've taken too much time here. Let's just pick a guy. 
I will go Edwin Arroyo, Seattle Mariner, shortstop. Nice. Ah, Edwin Arroyo, yeah, saw a lot of him out here. All right, I'm up. I am going to go with, um, I think he's still there, Jordan Wicks with the Cubs. He is, yep. I was debating him. Yeah, Jordan yep. Wicks, Cubbies. Jose Torres, Cincinnati Reds. He's, he's a, been a nice little pop-up guy as well. Yeah. I will go back to pitching. I'll go Ty Madden, Troy Tigers. Yeah, it might be a relief. I really liked Ty Madden when I saw him, but it might be a relief. I'm going to go uh, Carson Williams, Tampa Bay shortstop. Nice. Uh, Tyler Black. Ah, you bastard. I was going <laughs> to I was, I was gonna shout out James Anderson for that. He's probably so pissed we haven't taken Tyler Black. Right. That was going to be my pick. That's a good pick. <laughs> that was, what, pick 50? So I will round it out here with, let's go Ryan Holgate, outfielder from Arizona, went to the St. Louis Cardinals at pick 51. But that will wrap us up. Well, thanks for, com- thanks for coming on, buddy. That was a lot of fun. Hey, that was fun. I'm glad we got to do it. First-year player stuff is right around the corner. People, I know there's some people, some crazies out there that are going to be doing it right now. You guys do fantastic stuff, and if people want, they can check out. I got first-year player ranks. I got the ADP, my top 500, all on my Patreon in this league.com. and I say it always. Support the people that you like so they keep doing the stuff. Support these two right here on their Patreon. Come and check out mine in this league.com and follow me on Twitter at is it the Welsh. Ah, oh, and I miss watching baseball with you guys. Can we, can we at least like put on a game and then the three of us will stream like on Twitch or something together so it feels Let's like we're it. in a room? That again. would be we had, great. we had a blast. We're like breaking down players. We were talking. It was, I mean, it was very much like the interview that was on my show with you three. That's like what we were doing. We would talk and then we'd be like, oh, look, there's a play, there's a strikeout. And then we get back to our conversation. That was such a good time. That was, yep. that was a lot of fun. That was fun. That'll yeah. always be one of my favorite memories. Just- doing that yeah yeah i wish we could I, I wish i could stay in arizona for six weeks just the whole fall league Come games every day down, baby <laughs> uh minor league spring training if it happens and baseball is you know happening and isn't still in a lockdown yeah, it's a great, great time to come out as well. But yeah, thank you guys for having me. Hopefully everybody found that really informative, helped them for their first year players. I had a blast with that. And that actually, you know, got my juices flowing a little bit uh, as I'll be doing some first year player stuff in January. But keep up the good work, guys. Right back at you, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone go check out Welch's stuff in this league, Prospect One, the Patreon. Of course, he's one of our favorite people in this industry. Thank you to everyone for listening again this week. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow all of us on Twitter. Chris Welsh is at Is It The Welsh. Chris Clegg at Roto Clegg. I'm at Eric Ross 04 on our show at Fantrax Toolshed. You can check out all of Chris Clegg uh, and I written work at FantraxHQ.com or over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantrax Toolshed. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care. Stay! Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable.